Hello, hello, hello. This is me, Nick. You are listening to yet another Inside Forever Era podcast. Yes, we are at five, four something weeks here of staying inside, flattening the curve, uh, trying our best eating healthy with uh, certain exceptions, Uh, thankful to have dogs and cats around, thankful to have pictures of dogs and cats if we don't have dogs and cats. This is the era. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly. I'm Nick. And I'm just going to get into it because it took me so long to get this intro together. I talked to my buddy, A.L. Sr., who's a consistent guest on the podcast. Uh, I had him on over Zoom. You're going to hear it. We talk. uh, We have some panic off the top, just just to let you know. Um, I haven't... A lot of my podcasts are going to have this because I haven't talked to a lot of my friends before having the podcast. So there's a little bit more kind of friendly catch-up. There's a little bit more mutual panic. But... It's also a really fun podcast. Uh, We have our usual great conversation and AL plays some awesome music at the end. And hopefully we'll be posting it to YouTube as well because AL had a a bunch of very good visual elements. Uh, The main thing I would say uh, for him is if you wanna see some of the music he's both archived and his own work, uh, go to YouTube and find Dream Weapon Film and uh, it's one word, dream weapon film. And you'll really see a bunch of amazing stuff. Uh, clips of great musicians and uh, a lot of footage from the residency that uh, we've been part of at the Transac up until we weren't able to do it anymore because of uh, music venues no longer being a thing. And uh, yeah, AL go to, he's also Medusa Editions on Instagram as well as Twitter. So Medusa Editions. Uh, if you listen, if you listen to this, hopefully you've already followed and gotten into AL stuff. But this is as good a time as any. And uh, yeah, if you uh, you know, yesterday I was zonked. I was really drained. I did a bunch of errands the day before, and um, I have to admit that when I go out food shopping, or in the case of this, I had to go to a couple of places. Um, Afterwards, I just feel like I've been walking in the desert for a week. I'm just dehydrated, drained, tanned. I've been visited by a coyote spirit. Um, that part I like. But yeah, um, so yesterday was a lost day. And I do have a movie recommendation in spite of that because we did get it together to watch a documentary at the end of the night. And it was on Canopy. K-A-N-O-P-Y, if you have a library card, I think in the U.S. or Canada, uh, Canopy is accessible. There is a documentary about James Baldwin. I can't recall the name, but we if you just search James Baldwin on um, Canopy, the great writer whose work is still applicable because it's about the U.S. race relations, but it's also about human relations. 
Um, and this is just a great look into his life. And it's it's quite different and quite complementary to the uh, more well-known documentary, I Am Not Your Negro. Uh, so that's just something else I have to say. If you feel like supporting the podcast, it's always easier to for me to do this with um, your support. You can go to ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. You will have one time or monthly donations available to you. There is no pressure. I know this is not an easy time for money for anybody, but uh, that includes me. So, you know, if you feel like supporting, that's fine. If not, seriously, don't worry about it. And uh, yeah, here is my interview chat. Love in with the astrally proficient A.L. Senior. Can you hear me? Testing. Can... Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Testing. One, two, three. Yeah, I can hear you too. All right, you want to do that intro? Yes. Oh, hello, A.L. How are you? <laughs> oh, hello, Nick. Nick. For those who are just listening, uh, Al had a mask on and he took it and was reading a Blaise Pascal book and he uh, he happened to uh, take the mask down. Hi, buddy. Hey, how's it going? I'm all right. You know, I'm just here. We had a dog walk and it was kind of long and uh, there's a dog here. He's just sort of looking nervous. And he's going to mess everything up, I think, pretty soon. I'm just going to move something for him. Uh, yeah, you know, yesterday I did a live script read of The Goonies with some funny comedians. And uh, I don't know. I don't have uh, as much going on as you. Tell me, let's get the elephant in the room out of the room to start. What's going on? We're, uh, wait, uh, wait, are we rolling right now? We're absolutely rolling. Oh, we are rolling. I thought you were going to, like... Give me a like. We're rolling. We're so rolling. <laughs> we are rolled. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, where you been at? You know, were you traveling? Did you have to self-quarantine? I've you... been here. I've been in the bunker. I've been, uh, you know, just <laughs> going deeper, deeper inside. And, uh... What is it? What has it been? A month now? Yeah, pretty much. A month. And uh, when did you bunk down? You know, do you remember? Yeah, it was about two years ago. Yes. Okay. So in the in this situation, when did you bunk down? <laughs> no, like two years ago. Yeah, because you knew. <laughs> you know, Nostradamus. Cabal. What's going on? What What's going on? What's your What's your take? Are you are you plugged into the conspiracy conspiracy series? Uh, I think the you know the, the CBC is accepting applications for new shows, man. I think this is you got to strike while the iron is hot. Oh, trust me, I have plans. We got plans, bro. We got plans. Me and the gang, me and the kids. There's lots of things I can do right now, thanks to the wonderful organization supporting writers, actors. Fiends and uh, and uh, Loonies. Have you watched Goonies lately? 
Um, Goonies is one of those movies that I watch like once a month or like once every two months <laughs> I throw it on just because, uh, you know, there's a part of the brain that just plays that movie. It's, it's, I mean, it's, D- it's DNA. It was never one of my favorite childhood, uh, like tween movies. I always just hated the way it was structured. And you know, when I reread it, that guy Chunk He's like the protagonist. Chunk, Chunk is the hero of the movie. Yeah, Chunk's the hero of the movie. It's so funny. Like, uh, you know, and yet the abuse piled on Chunk is like, it's... it's Warranted. <laughs> Why? Warranted. Why? This ain't no quarantine. I was just given a cocktail. Oh, wow. Me too. Thanks. Are you imbibing on this uh, journey into solitude? Imbibing? Uh, the only thing I'm imbibing is are the collective works of Pascal. Paul Say by Blaise Pascal. How would you describe Blaise Pascal to me? as someone He was a troublemaker. I really don't kind of... remember that there was a programming language called Pascal. He, tr- he reminds me a little bit like you because he also had really good headphones. <laughs> These headphones just look good. Trust me. I f- there was a f- Where's the jawbone, though? Where's my jaw? <laughs> Where's the jawbone? I have a microphone that you can't see, but I'm using it because mm. I care about your my sound. Precision technology. Hey, what episode are you on at this point? Like, where are you holding? I mean, we're in the we're in the hundreds here. You know, okay. I don't know, but the early ones have very weird sound. Some people, like you, avant garde people, might actually appreciate that. Avant <laughs> garde. Hey. So, what do hey, I think I of the have... situation? Okay, the five G thing. Now that's, I just heard about the 5G thing. I don't know much about it, but I don't think 5G caused coronavirus. I don't think coronavirus was created in order for 5G's dominance. Uh, I would say that, you know, um, I don't even really think most likely the wet markets of China are um, exactly what caused this. You know, I I, I think it's... uh, you know, they say the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. So this was just the sun rising in the east, bro. And I also don't think Fauci, just because he wrote some letter, you know, the thing they're saying about Anthony Fauci, he has is like an unhealthy obsession with Hillary Clinton and loves Hillary Clinton. And well, did you just hear what, did you see what came out in the newspaper today? Did you hear what the Pope said about Epstein? What did he say? I don't know. <laughs> He was like, ask not what Epstein can do for you ever. It's it's a cabal of discombobulating banality mixed in with a health, healthy dose, dose of uh, creme brulee. But you bunk down, you know, you're in the, you're not a conspiracy guy. Yeah, maybe you are, but and maybe I am, but not enough that I'm going to go against. Uh, well, you know what Burroughs you know. said. You know what Burroughs said. Burroughs said that language itself is a virus. Edgar Rice Burroughs, creator of Tarzan. Edgar Rice Burroughs. <laughs> That's why he would just 
Tarzan used so little language. I don't know anything about Edgar Rice Burroughs. All I know is he made up Tarzan. What were we talking about? Well, you were just saying that uh, something that Burroughs said, William Burroughs, I'm assuming, about uh, language being lies or something. Look, the weirdest thing about this whole thing is... <laughs> yes. You gotta say it. You can't say it. Pregnant us. Is, is um, you know, is the long game. You know, I get the short game. I get, I get what's going on in the short game. You know, um, but um, how, what, what is the meaning of it all? What is the long game? Well, I mean, you know, sometimes they say that you can't force change. The question is, what is God trying to tell us? Uh, God is trying to tell us that if we drive less cars, the air is cleaner. God is trying to tell us that, um, you know, we do still have empathy for each other. And uh, God is trying to tell us um, that it's okay to be uh, um, not in control and that what you are in control is of taking online courses, you're in control of dressing your children, you're in control of the, the playlist in the car. So how, do you, how does Joe Exotic fit into all of this? I couldn't watch that. What is the, you, I mean, I haven't seen it. I don't have a television. Yeah, exactly. But, um, oh, you, don't, you don't watch TV. It's all lies. Television. The drug. I don't have it. I mean, I have plenty of screens. I don't have that television that, like, I yeah. kind of, like, I'm looped into a... Yeah. A vibe. You know. Uh, a, a mechanism of information dispersal, which I want to get into this right now. Is like, I can't handle um, pr the press anymore because I don't understand why all of them are coming from such specific viewpoints, why it can't just be more of a reporting of what's going on. Like, I can come to my own deductions. You don't have to uh, rub it in my face, you know, except there are people who have such obvious biases that I'm into it, also probably because I agree with them more. Like, if you listen to Democracy Now!, you can really tell where uh, Amy Goodman's, what she likes and what she doesn't like, just from the way she says things. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you if you were talking about those Tyrone videos on Facebook. I haven't seen those. Tell me what those are. are they, is it Tyrone Biggums from <laughs> Dave Chappelle show? I'll, uh, I'll 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 surprise you. Just just type in Tyrone. Okay, not now, but I will. Um, but yeah, the the thing that I'm wondering, and I would love to know your take on this, is, you know, there's a lot of people talking about soft. Uh, you know, reopenings of certain aspects of the economy in some cities um, or states in the U.S. It's not really being discussed in Canada that much yet right now, but I've been going over it in my mind. Like, yeah, my work situation that I had before um, created a circumstance where, you know, now it's almost like don't leave the house. You have the same situation, but don't leave the house, you know? But there's a lot of people who it's a dramatic stop for. So uh, to be laid off or, or to, but, but my take is like, 
who is going to reopen? You can't really reopen schools yet. You know, you can't really reopen. I, and that's what Canada is using. Like the, I feel that they say when there's no cases for like two weeks, that's when they'll reopen schools. To me, that's the guide to use for when we will reopen. But do you think there's value in say parts of the U.S. reopening their economy, like whatever that means. Cause I kind of think it's all shot already. Just when this happened, a lot of businesses that were also month to month, small businesses will not be coming back. That's my theory at least. So in other words, what is the economy? When the meat, <clears throat> when the meat packing people in the U.S. all get COVID and they have to close it, you know, like where's the economy? For, look, for, for elect, for elected leaders right now, to tell people that things are going to be reopened and we're we're going on like with business as usual is is terrible. It's, it's really unfair. Yeah. And um, it for for that to come to the world leader of America, I don't even really want to say his name. It's like mm -hmm. it's like what are you talking about? So, but it it underlies and underscores everything that's been building up to this with that's, that's what i'm saying you know and i agree and, completely um, yeah the leader the leadership in this area should be coming from healthcare professionals like full stop and here's my second here's the second people i think it should be coming from maybe not leadership but something close to it uh, is is the citizens you know individual communities because those are the people who know what they need they know what's going on you know, uh, like in, in my mind, when this first started happening, I was like, wow, if only they had taken extra care to screen and protect. And, you know, the problem is when you get into the idea of forced screenings and this kind of thing, like nobody wants that. Right. But but anyway, you know, the very rich who are traveling all the time and the very poor because they're the most vulnerable, you know, and then you would have had a kind of like be these buffers where where things were reduced but that didn't happen so here we are and i do agree with you it, i don't it's not trying to sound pessimistic you know it's like i'm basically trying to mentally prepare it's impossible but for the idea that this is going to be a lot longer than people are trying to say it's going to be and that maybe we'll have regular the real the real question you know forget all of the all of the all of your inability control to control anything that's going on in the external world. The real question, the metaphysical question that all of this brings up is, what have I learned about myself since <laughs> all of this has begun? Uh, I've learned that I enjoy nice home cooking. Go I've on. learned I've learned that I can eat vegetarian for a month and. I don't care. It's it's better. It's it's more sustainable. I've learned that you know gaming is basically. I was preparing for this moment. I didn't even know it. I I was stockpiling games, game systems. Uh, but no, but you know, but you just hit, <laughs> but the, but you, you know, know what? Essentials. You know, but the truth is, you just hit onto something very interesting because, in a way, the collective unconscious has been sort of preparing itself to with all of all of its technologies all of its ability to so you know quote unquote you know create all of these things in the world yeah to be able to provide things for people to go inside of their dwelling places inside of their caves if caves if you will 
and kind of like sit around this fire and, you know, what's going to, the real question is what's going to happen when the internet goes out? Well, yeah, I've thought of that too. It's, I, I think it's a ways away from the and internet. That's not going to happen. That's like five minutes away. Well, then this is going to be a short podcast. <laughs> Bite sized. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. The internet going away, like, it would suck. But, like, I can play a lot of my games just with my no theory is connection. The, the second people cannot play games online, you are going to see, you know... It's going to look like... Uh, like shooting in the streets. What, like, what's that thing in the US, in San Francisco that happens? It's going to look like, you know, the thing in San Francisco where everyone's naked on the street and stuff? See, the thing is, right now, something's been taken away. Uh, yeah. we've, been able, we've been able to, like, replace it which a bunch, which, with a bunch of things that we already kind of had and had been yeah. collecting. Like, it's really about all of our personal collections. And like, <laughs> like, you know, the things that we've been collecting over the years that for a lot of us, it's been kind of like maybe a shame for us that we weren't kind of like, <laughs> And now it's like, now you have all, now you're facing, now you're in the mirror and mm. you have all of this shameful stuff. <laughs> it's called, you know what it's called? It's called behavioral residue. And then you have it, and now you're looking at it. And uh, I like, this is, this is where it is. You know, this is where I put it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's like really interesting. You know, uh, there's all these things that I did kind of do. It's almost like close encounters or field of dreams, you know, like while I was sort of back in Toronto, I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to get. It's like, I have a green screen now and I've been using it, you know? And it's like, I've got uh, games. I mentioned that before, but I have games. And uh, I have a portable mic for my for my phone. Like it's it's just that I can record a podcast think, on if I want yeah. to. Yeah, and you know, like I think that's kind of like the elephant in the room. Like you and me and every single one of our friends and everyone we know has been kind of like building an inner world and secretly preparing for something like this to happen. Like, mm -hmm. come on, Nick. Like you knew when you were a little kid something like this might go down. <laughs> you know, that's why you have all that's why you that's only because i found out about the holocaust so early <laughs> and you know actually the holocaust the, the holocaust made me think i wasn't going to see it in my lifetime because i was like this is like 40 years not even after, before i was born and uh it's so bad there won't be another thing on that level for at least another turned out 10 years in china but uh and in russia <laughs> and, but you know i just the, th the other thing is, because we have had so much access to what's going on in the world, even since the 1960s, you could say, uh, you know, uh, it's felt like a rolling series of disasters, <laughs> you know, have been well, going just, on. I mean, so, like, I don't, I don't want to be a drag, but... Neither do I, but like, here we are. These, these are the salad days, you know? This is like, I'm kind of looking at it like one of those 80s miniseries, like V... Remember when those like dudes in the in the ships came down to Earth and they wanted to be our pals, and then it turned out they were lizards. Yes, so, I mean like, I never watched like, that, but the lizards is classic. So so we haven't found out that they're lizards yet. That's, who's, that's what who's, I'm saying. Like who are lizards? We're still like looking in the sky, going. So you're when saying when can I get back to work? You know, yeah. like when can I get back to work? Like what work? What are you talking about? Working that's how I feel of your problems. In I mean, I think you know. All credit to him. I think the is he the premier? Like, didn't the premier of Ontario even say that? Like, 
calm down. Like, we'll open the store when we're ready. Like, there's people dying every minute. Yeah. I mean, I was talking about with my friend, our mutual friend, Danko Jones, about uh, what might change after all of this. And I thought, you know, maybe uh, something about respecting people older than us or something because they're just so um, vulnerable in this, but they're still, the fact is anyone who's no, known a, an older person, <laughs> which is a long list of people who know older people, you know, they're always like, uh, until they get sick or we, depressed or something, they're always like, oh, I love being alive. This is great. I feel yeah. like I'm 20, you know, like I still feel like the same person I was because I, that's been on my driver's license the whole time if I drove. <clears throat> which some older people never drove. You know, I've, I've said I've said it once, and I'll say it again. You know, this country runs on old people. That's right, and we run with old people. What is that hanging in the in the? Is that a hallway? Is is that a chicken? <laughs> no, it's a, I think it's a scarf. No, it's yeah, it's like a scarf or something. I don't know. I don't even know what's being pointed at or not. I guess it's just a medall no, medallion. Is, a medallion? Oh, that would be great. I, I a Mandalorian. Still wearing a medallion. I should, Not yeah. Medallion. But yeah, I mean... I still have a... Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I still have a bunch of your mom's CDs. Fuck. Can you sanitize those and mail them? No. What CDs did you borrow? Let's get from the downer stuff, because here we are existing in the present moment, which we're actually forced to do because of the circumstance. There's only the present moment, really. But, of course, even if we get lost in the future and predicting, it's like we're in a home right now. There's no getting around that, you know? And uh, so... so um, what are you doing to pass the time? You're reading Blaise Pascal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, of course, in addition to all of the usual stuff, I've been playing this great game with the kids called uh, the art game. You know this game, Nick? No. Where I show, I show you a picture of a great personality from the 20th century, and, and you tell me who they are and a whole bunch of other details. But we were going to go into the details of the game, but yeah, let's try this with a couple of these dudes, all right? And, you know, everybody watching later can play along as well. Mm -hmm. All right, this one's going to be easy. Let's start off easy, okay, Nick? Okay, just go over the rules again. Just go over the rules again. Uh, you tell me who this is. Jackson Pollock. Okay, bingo. Great. All right. This is, I knew right, it was yeah. him because he looked like Ed Harris. Um, Henry Kissinger. Close. Gerhard Richter. Oh, just died, right? Gerhard Richter. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Just, just died. Eh? Just died, eh? Um, I'm going to have to go. You need a hint? No, no, because you're, you're bringing it a bit up, so I can actually almost see it. Whoa! Uh, that is Nichols and May. <laughs> Nichols and May. Christo and Jean-Claude. Oh, I don't even... Who heard you? Chris, Christo was a uh, artist? You know, like this kind of stuff. Like, Who's Christo? Who's Jean-Claude? Tell me. Oh, they're amazing. You don't know about them? They're, they're, the, um, they're the couple 
whose whole thing was based around rapping and rapping. Like, for example, they rapped, they did a project, I think one of their last big project projects was rapping these orange gates in Central Park. Oh. That was in the early 2000s. They've, right. they've rapped islands and um, rapped trees, and I think they rapped the Reichstag as well in Germany. Nice. Anyway, they rap stuff. You know, this... Do you want to yeah. do another? Let's do one more. Let's do two more. Okay. So these are all visual or, like, these are artists, not These just... are all visual cues <laughs> that give me a sort of idea. <laughs> that was, I tried to make a cue with my fingers while we were talking. Right. Uh, is that, um... You know who that is. Fioria Sigismundi. That is... Amanda Marina. Palmer. Abramachovic. Oh, oh, you'll get this one. you got to get this one. Okay. Actually, in, interestingly enough, I don't know if you caught his, he's got an IG account where he's been going online every day, and he's been taking questions, and I mean, you'll, I mean, I mean. Um, is that, uh, is a very bald man cut in half, so I'm going to say it's, uh. Damien Hurst, born yeah, 1960. you know the guy that put the shark in the tanks of formaldehyde? Yes. So, okay, let's, this is a visual game for, for the people listening at home. So, but, a little bit of a visual game, you know, and so that's... Let's, let's give a little PSA for everyone. If you uh, go to the MoMA website, I think you could see work by a lot of these people because they've opened them virtual tours of the Museum of Modern Art. Have you have you taken any virtual tours? Not yet. No, that's for month two probably. Month two. Just starting. So um, that's the deal. Didn't they say today it's going to go? We're going to be in this until the end of days. <laughs> end of days. I'm giving you a project right now. Research every single band that released an album called End of Days. <laughs> I like it. Um, I wanted to do a super cut of every part because I've been rewatching Oz. I'd like to tell you what I've been watching and get your opinion on it. But I've been rewatching the prison drama Oz, and I thought a super cut of all the times the correctional officer goes lockdown. You know, it would be a really cool thing for right now. And if I monetized it, I might do very well on YouTube. Mm, okay, yeah, I like that. Um, Oz, what's my what's my opinion of a? Did you a watch Oz? It's placed inside of a prison. Yeah. Funny you should ask. Why? Well, isn't it ironic? Yes. That we Oz, are in... Yes, that's prison. why we probably watched it. We're oh, in a prison. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because there's a lot of crazy social justice issues taking place. It's on unbelievable. That and... Um, where to even begin? I mean, my my heart breaks. It's it's really. I don't even. I don't even. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 so many things that you don't even want to say right now because we're so far from the end that it's like the dust clearing is where like it's might wind up being the most painful stuff, you know. And uh, yeah, prisons, homeless populations, the idea of ranking who gets uh, assistance, the idea of um, people who are alone at this time, and uh, 
you know, uh, people who are going through other treatments. And I mean, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you talk about in the U.S., the uh, African-American population's uh, predominance, which uh, with with uh, in terms of getting sick. And then if they did wind up running out of stuff, if there's a higher incidence of diabetes in that population, then they'll be the first people who will be cut off from. I mean, it is just it's so deep and it's uh i'm you know in our country it's a little bit less uh like i feel like the country's a bit more unified on this than we've been on a lot of things but i will see how that goes out and but it's just like seeing the us right now is just and the uk frankly it's just like mind-boggling i mean it's funny i want to talk about all the stuff we're seeing and watching but it's like there's no distraction from this. That's how I feel. You know, it's like we need to kind of live in it and do have as much do as much work uh, that's be as useful as we can and be as positive as we can. But to deny that something is happening is just, uh, you know, um, I mean, I've definitely been doing it. You know, uh, I think there's I don't know if it's healthy, but it's something that we really can't help. You know, you're just like. I have to chew my finger off because yeah, well, same thing. I was medit- I was meditating on that as well. How the the underlying issue um, in all of this is the fear is the fear that people are living with every day. Um, Absolutely, the different, the different kinds of fear and. Um, You know, now would be a good time to pray, you know, like at the end of Ghostbusters, you know, when there's that cut, Ivan does that cut, and there's, there's like Hasidic Yids, like at the bottom of the hotel. <laughs> and that awesome song comes on. Yeah. So like, yeah, they're going to. Yeah, that song's cool. I think like that's where we're holding right now. It's like, all right, I think now is not, I mean, look, listen, I mean, like the whole Gal Gadot, like imagine thing, like. <laughs> no, actually, like now is the time to worry. Now is the time to worry, and like be be aware and like raise raise awareness and like attention and raise some money. Fear. Like like I mean, raise, no, raise but I cash. mean ra- raise some cash because I, mean, I have a really good segue for that actually. All righty, I shot yeah, a man in Reno. We, I vaccinated a man in Reno. Just so to this watch is, him this, not this die. Is a good this is a, a good segue because um, one place where I've been able to find meaning in all of this, obviously, and you know this, is uh, a venue that we have the uh, good fortune to be able to to perform at. The Transac. I missed our show. I missed our show this month. You know. Yeah, and last we, month you know, we, we want to be able to to get back there, and we we want to have a place to go back to. Exactly. So I kind of told myself, you know, we're going to try to paint my way out of this. And I began doing these little paintings. And, oh, uh, those have been we, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, oh appreciate posting it. them. Yeah. So, so I'm going to show a bunch. Oh, uh, I actually like, wanted to buy one from you because you're donating. Uh, so, so anybody also, the way it works is anybody that sends a $25 donation to the Trans app will get one of these paintings. And um, yeah, I'll show you a bunch of the ones that I've been doing. It's pretty bad. Yeah, that's amazing. And the Transac is just if if anyone looks it up online, uh, Transac Club Toronto, 
um, you should have an easy way to donate. And I hadn't realized this, this art's awesome. It's great. And, uh, I hadn't really realized how important the transact was until I came back here. I'd been using it, you know, I'd attended shows or put on shows there before, but just seeing how it really, it has three rooms for performances. There can be three shows all at once. And, you know, it, 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 it fosters people who are dedicated to whatever their art is. Oh, this is a good one. No? This is a pretty cool one, too. That's really cool. So, yeah, yeah man. I mean, I mean, not like any of that solves anything, and I'm, I'm very aware of that. And, you know, I'm... Well, there's so many fronts right now. We kind of have to pick what we can focus our help or energy on there's just so much energy we have i don't know if you've experienced this sorry to i interrupted you oh yeah no not at all so um but i'll just quickly interject and uh once again you know big up the trans act and uh please send some help their way and uh, yeah it's really important during times like times like the ones that we're in now which is really unprecedented and super surreal and mm. i think we all just want to have a place to go back to yeah. In whatever in whatever sense of going back to that means. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I know things aren't going to go back to the way they were, and that's I don't know. <laughs> that's that's a weird feeling. I just think we have to. You know, it's funny that something like universal basic income has been revealed to be an incredible help during this uh, period of time in its own way, and uh, but but I think on, on top of that, it's like this can't be a, an opportunity for the small business to become almost extinct because we're in such a danger right now. I've never seen it. Like everybody was talking about how Amazon was going to control everything. Everybody was talking about how these large companies will control everything. And this is the perfect opportunity for them to, to do so. And, and I would much rather offer bailouts to small businesses, you know, a pool of it than to, uh, Banks, I mean, I don't know, banks seem important, but, but you know, airlines, like, all this stuff, uh, you know, there's You just... know, look, I mean, look, coming at it from a grassroots place, I think the only thing that we can do as people who have, I don't know, in one way or another tried to be, tried to participate in the culture. Yeah, for the culture. For the culture. To try to reach out and to patron the people that we have and to... You know, if we have the means, obviously, we you know, we're in a we're in a situation of in order to survive right now, and um, I, I think so. I think again, so business, so business is secondary. Yeah. You know, saving a life is saving a life is the job right now. Well, what have you been doing to um, self soothe and to make your kids feel better in this situation? Because you have a couple of kids, if you don't mind me blowing up your spot. You know me. No, it's it's really just about reading, reading and and, uh, and books and puzzles and games and humor and thinking outside the box. And you know we have a little bit of we have a little bit of uh, we're used to it a little bit because look we you probably you know this about me like we keep the Sabbath so yeah. every week we have a twenty four hour twenty five hour quarantine. Right. And we lock yeah. and we lock down and it's 
you can't, you're not, you can't be involved in really any kind of creative activity. You're not like, you know, on a device mm -hmm. and you're really, you're really face to face with your family, with the other. So, you know, and, and for the last few days, it's been like Passover, quarantine, Passover, you know, Sabbath, Yeah. you know, and it's like in a lot of ways for everybody, I know it feels like one, one really long day. So, I mean, I think really the important thing for everybody, and, and this has probably been like belabored already, but if you had a routine going into this and you're doing, <laughs> you, and you're here right now with us, you're doing okay. What yeah. you need to do is, is keep to stick to that routine and keep improvising. Yeah, and I did. A, I, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Musicians will know this. And we know a lot of them who've been, you know, trying to, to make music during these times, something that's been very, very hard for me. Oh, like same, been, same. Yeah. I mean, I haven't written stand up, you know, and but like uh, hats, hats off to like Kurt Newman and uh, Jonathan Ajemian and like some of the other people. What's Kurt you know, doing? Like, what's Kurt doing these days? I haven't uh, followed that. He, he's, he's, you know, he's orthodox. He's, he's playing. I think he's trying to play every day and he's broadcasting it. Colin Fisher. Yeah. There's another one. I mean, these yeah. people are so talented that you just mentioned. Robin Hatch has been doing a lot of stuff. And, you know, my buddy so, Nick uh, did a concert the other night. Even doing these live reads, because this was the second one I did. I mean, it was with these comedians, I think, are just so funny. And uh, it was all people who I know from Los Angeles. So it was connected in that sense. And then... We were just laughing so much. And also, you know, with my uh, special friend, we uh, like put together some outfit stuff. And it was just like, it. that's what keeps me going. And frankly, that's not that different than what was keeping me going before, which was the, the Transact shows to a large extent, you know. Um, but it's it's been interesting doing that, like this podcast and, and uh, doing those readings and and uh you know just so just... really so really you're just you're really confirming my my thesis that everything that you've been doing up until this point has been in a way a preparation for that moment when you you wouldn't be able you know all of your your choices would be limited i mean and it's crazy i i would if i had been in los angeles at this time i guarantee i wouldn't have had great health insurance and you know i'd be far away from my family and and uh i i everything would just be totally different and it's hard to picture it being easier you know and i don't mean that in a lazy way it's just like i don't want to say better or worse i just easier to deal with you know and and it's not even about easier it's about this is what has happened and in it unfortunately is perfect <laughs> you know, you know like, the, the truth. The, the truth is, it's difficult to talk a good game about all of this, right? Because it's it's still early days, and you know, you don't want to find yourself, you know, with a cartoon character with like a bubble over your head, saying like, you know, six months later, you know, and it's like, who? Well, who knows? Like, I mean, I uh, but I come. I can't imagine being in a better situation, even if it all goes south, you know, than than right now like the, i i feel lucky that it did go this way you know and uh um also because more than anything else you know i uh 
have a lot of uh, I I'm live I'm from a neighborhood, so I can actually kind of help out in that with that neighborhood, you know, uh, well here, and and that's something I don't know if I would have had the same ability to, you know, if I were uh, living if I were an Auschland uh, living somewhere and outsider, a stranger. Do you ever read Mein Kampf? Have you lost your mind? <laughs> I don't know. Did Jews read Mein Kampf? My... It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. It is, but I'm just wondering, do they? You know? When I never, when, I never when, read it. When, I never one read doesn't, it. One doesn't read that. One takes <laughs> it and flushes it down the toilet. Um, but he didn't yeah. even write that. But he no, Rudolf Hess wrote that. Ah, you know, listen, we don't say we don't say names. Yes, we say no names. names. I'll tell you no. Don't ask me no questions. I won't tell you no. Uh, where any of them are. I'm really surprised to hear that you don't have anything to share with me about Joe Exotic because I'm well, so the fact of the matter is that I um. We tried to watch it just like, and it just was not what I wanted at the time. I don't know. It's like, so I, what did you transition? I, I mean, we've delved into schlock since we were teenagers or younger. So, okay, so maybe you know about this. What's this thing that I've been coming across? And this is horrible, really, because I, I, I really don't don't want to be on Facebook that much. That's why I came across these Tyrone videos, and um. What's this thing like? Have you been watching like the Vice like TV shows? Like, there's this dude like with a long neck and like a short neck, and there's like a competition between them. Penny versus Spenny. Uh, I don't know, man. I like Jesus and Mero. Tyrone. Oh well, I'll watch it. Are you running out of things to watch? No, not not at all. Again, my grad, yeah, this is what I'm reading right now. So uh, I'll read aloud at the end of the night this book by Elaine Brown that is called A Taste of Power, and she was a member of the Black Panther Party. Um, I'll show you a black woman's story. And um, it's this book. I actually found it on the street back when we could take things off the street. And uh, it's awesome. She's so smart. She's had a crazy life. And it's re it's always really cool reading um, about the Black Panthers because I think not only are they somewhat misunderstood, I also think that they had eras, you know. So they had phases, let's say. And even talking about how in uh, she was in Southern California, in Los Angeles, and uh, talking about how the chapters uh, kind of began to form was really interesting and on top of that it's not just about being a black woman it's about being a black woman of lighter skin it's about you know trying to fit in at a jewish primarily jewish school it's about dating jewish intellectuals it's about dating black men it's about like being super smart having a mother who had attachment issues like it's in depth you know it's a and 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 uh it's it's pretty amazing. So, and then I'm also reading uh, 
What else am I reading? Well, this dialectical behavioral therapy workbook that I've talked about. Ooh, on, on, yeah, on um, on the podcast before. I'm, I'm getting together with a couple of people on Zoom, and we just uh, go through the workbook uh, together. And it is, I mean, again, you talk about the the equalizing effect, if not situationally, perhaps emotionally, like that people are going through. And I think that it's, it, it, it has to do, I mean, there's PTSD, but I think now it's like TSD, you know, TSD. It's this traumatic stress, trauma stress disorder. And, and of course, and, and I, and I believe, I don't know if I'm right that, you know, PTSD and, and, and trauma wind up creating symptoms that mimic personality disorders very often. You always, I read a book uh, that was talking about, um, it's called, I always forget the name. It's a great book. It's about tra trauma and recovery is the name of it. And it just says that in women who have been traumatized, it's very common for them to have multiple personalities in, in their PTSD. And I guess what I'm saying is things like dialectical behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, Treat, you know, treating your uh, people are probably feeling like they have ADHD right now because they can't I, focus, they're sluggish, you know, they're, their minds everywhere, you know, they're overwhelmed, they're depressed or anxious, you know, this is. So, uh, so I think you're bringing up something very interesting and I'll just share this idea with you just from a clinical point of view. So, and I think one of the most important things for, for these times is, um, is because things are like that, right? Talk, CBT, DBT, talk therapy is, I think, a really important thing that we should all be engaging in right now. And the notion, trying to keep in mind that what we want to do now is really make what's implicit, what's inner, trying to make it explicit as possible. And to keep keeping the dialogue going, keeping, keeping a healthy, positive inner dialogue going, and also and also trying to connect as much as we can and, and um, again, make explicit all of the things that are inner and implicit. I mean, now I think is the time we need to do that. You talk about all factors leading to this. And, and again, this is something that amazes me that, you know, I would have done not just the, med the medication that I've sort of started taking, which by the way, I'm very thankful for in this circumstance. And, but I would also, you know, go to these support groups and read these books. And, and I've been aware of, you know, the mindfulness stuff for like eight or nine years. So I have this ability to do that. And, and uh, if I didn't have all of that going on, like it would be, I'd be a lot more up and down, which is just not something particularly safe to be in this circumstance because we're already going to be pretty up and down. You know, so so to get any more extreme in those would be um, debilitating. And by the way, it's fine to feel debilitated right now. Like if you're tired, if you're not doing enough, if you it's like just do it. Like you said, you're OK if you're around right now. Just try not to get germs on you. Put a face mask on when you jog. And for God's sake, don't pirate movies. <laughs> You know, are you talking to me? Sometimes I wonder. <laughs> can I tell you the movies I have been watching, though, recently, in the last few days? And you, know, you can tell me what you've been watching. Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. 
So two days ago, I watched a Ray Dennis Steckler movie. Rat Fink a Boo Boo. Ray Dennis Steckler. Okay. Ray Dennis Steckler directed the film The Incredibly Strange People Who Stopped Living and Became Mixed Up Zombies. Perhaps you've heard Crazy. Of you know that movie, AI? I think it's like Herschel Gordon Lewis and Larry Cohen's um, mutated fourth yeah. cousin. He, he was definitely not on either of those guys' level, but you're right. Uh, and, then, and then the other movie, well, he did Wild Guitar, and he also had this movie called Rat Pfink, because it was spelled P-F-I-N-K, Ah, Boo Boo, and... It was about, for the first half of the movie, it's not really about anything. Never caught that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and uh, it, it, for the first half of the movie, it's kind of about these guys who are terrorizing women, but only in a very, like, in a pesky way, mostly. And then it's about this uh, very successful musician who brings an acoustic guitar with him, not in a case, everywhere he goes, so that he can be prepared to play at a moment's notice. But he's a millionaire. He's very famous. And all of his songs in the movie are about, like, how someone cheated on him. <laughs> like, and they're very, like, low-rent kind of country rock and roll of the early 60s. And uh, then his girlfriend gets captured. And he teams up with her gardener. And it turns out they already have always been these superheroes named Rat Fink and Boo Boo. Or Rat Fink. And they dress There's like the King Kong and Barbecue. If you've ever seen King Kong and Barbecue together in the sort of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they dress exactly Yeah, that's, that's the that. best look. It is the best look. It's why I wanted to see the film, basically. Mm. And it's it, was, it, wouldn't, it, it wouldn't by any chance happen to star a young Bruce Dern, would it? No, I, I love a young Bruce Dern, but I haven't seen too many movies with a young Bruce Dern. By the way, we also saw Little Women two days ago, and I, I don't want to be a negative like, nancy but did you see it is that a reference to francis ha well the director negative nancy. Is, yeah. yeah yeah um she says that line in, in francis thoughts she does that's so funny yeah yeah um i didn't i didn't see it yet i'll check it oh, out. oh no don't it's a waste of your time it's crazy Dude, you know you know what I watched yesterday that would actually be kind of been hilarious if I watched it was with you yeah. was like a really like piss poor documentary um, kind of like led and maybe even produced by Jacob Dylan where he like we watched that his, too. <laughs> Shat, uh, standing in the shadow of Motown. Uh, no, sorry. No, no. Echoes of the Canyon. Echoes yeah, yeah, of the yeah, yeah. Canyon. Did you guys watch that? Yes, we did. Because the first third of the film is like kind of good. Because it's people just sort of old guys. You press the fucking butt. You pull their ventriloquist chain, and then they just yeah, yeah. say the stuff about Dude, the Dude, what's up with Steven Stills? He looks insane. Graham Nash is okay, but he seems like he's got something going on. Crosby, I don't even know if Crosby he's was hilarious. He yeah. was like, he's like, I didn't want the fame, okay? I didn't <laughs> want it. <laughs> I'll tell like, you, I left them. Yeah. And and that so that movie's like kind of interesting in the first third, but then you start to realize it's all just like an excuse for not just Jacob Dylan to sort of do a concert where they're covering these songs, but also it's introduced like his ingenue protege. But what's weird about that movie 
is I'm pretty sure my buddy is in that movie, Eric Paparazzi, who tours with with the U.S. Uh, sorry, with Neil Hamburger. Uh, like he 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 did all of the uh, production and instrumentation and orchestration on uh, the Neil Hamburger album he just put out last year, and also he. Uh, um, toured with Cat Power, basically being like the driving force uh, in the band behind Cat Power. He's amazing. And I'm just saying this because I was watching Drag Race the other day, which is, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up in a second, but watching Drag Race, and Eric was one of the judges on Drag Race. And I'm like, this guy's on TV almost more than anyone else I'm friends with. <sighs> so that documentary is... It's hilarious. I would have loved to have watched that with you. That would have been fucking awesome because we just yeah. would have been like making fun of these guys and then just slacked out. I mean, we watched it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I, I, you probably didn't either, I think. You know what, though? Oh, I want to know. I watched it. Oh, I was wow. painting. I was just, I was painting and watching it and just kind of waiting for Elvis Costello to show up and be oh. like, and, oh, by the way. It's the last thing I want. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, I'm the Kevin Pollock of music. <laughs> he just looks like Kevin Pollock. He looks like Robert Smigel too. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I I think that this my favorite Boomer era live clip. I'm not talking about documentaries, but and it's one of the best. It's such a cool concert. But Neil Young playing all along the Watchtower at the Bob Dylan 30th anniversary. I think it might have even been for Highway 61, maybe. I don't know, whatever, I don't know what it was the 30th anniversary for. Was that like MSG? Yeah, that was the one that was right after uh, Sinead O'Connor had ripped up the picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live, and she performed at it, and they booed her off the stage. And before she left, she sang an a cappella version of War by uh, Bob Marley. And yeah, well, then Chris Christopherson said, don't let the bastards bring you down. He yeah. sent her flowers and the note. Me and me and Bobby McGee. Well, Chris knows what he's talking about. Man, he oh. was he, he was there every step of the way. Jeez, um, so much to say. I know, but um, um, I'm going to keep talking about the movies I saw, and then you tell me some of the movies and reading you've done. But crazy Oz. We were really into Oz. The actors are amazing. The action or the. It's just like a soap opera. I've gone on about it at, on the podcast. And then as soon as we finished watching it, I was just like, oh, we shouldn't be watching like hellacious, violent horror shows that are kind of... About people like, trapped inside of things. And about, you know, just the insane stuff that leads to misfortune, you know? And, and so well, since so then, you know, we've been watching all these happier movies uh yet last night we watched blithe spirit from 1945 a noel coward play directed by legendary director david lean that sounds horrible david lean directing a noel coward play i think he, i heard he i heard i heard he was a coward yeah i heard he was in uh christmas as well noel lloyd christmas lloyd christmas but uh blithe spirit was Amazing. And, and uh, it makes me want to, I never really paid that much attention to David Lean. I'm sure I've seen, he did Lawrence of Arabia, right? He must have done Lawrence. Wasn't, isn't, isn't he responsible for that one line in that movie where the guy goes, you bastard. 
probably. <laughs> you really held that onto that. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we watch Blythe Spirit. We have the Criterion channel uh, access right now. So that's just boo, boo, boo. Criterion. And then we're watching some reality show about these two engineers, an engineer and his wife, who is uh, just a real whiz, um, rebuilding chateaus in, in the UK. And it's just like so calming. So, um, yeah, but Little Women, no, no good. And the fact that people were trying to be mad that it wasn't nominated for anything. I ain't got no sympathy for you. You had Parasite this year. You had The Irishman this year. I don't know about 1917, but and then you had another movie. But uh, you can't put Little Women on the list. Sorry. Hey, you know, they, they can't all be Grand Slams. No, they can't even be triples, nor doubles, nor even singles. Um... Yeah, man, all that sounds really good. What have I been watching? You know me, man. I just, I have the, I have the, uh, the archive, and um, I don't know. The other night I watched The Departed, the Scorsese Departed. I'm ready again. to watch. I'm ready to watch Departed again. But that's kind of in the style that I'm. I want to avoid, but I do um, want to watch it. No, no, it's really good. The truth is, what led me to it was like some quote that was attributed that Nicholson, like he tried this thing like you know on set where he kept he kept getting like he he kept getting them to like shoot this one take it's actually the one where like he you he shoots he shoots the couple at like the beach side and like she falls over and like his line is oh she fell funny and like he talks about getting scorsese to to do that take i'm like okay i gotta watch that movie again it's really freaking good no one. i mean i was just in love when I watched it because I felt it was, I, that was a particularly validating movie for me because um, like of certain actors, like I watched that and that was the first movie where Leonardo DiCaprio in sort of 2.0, whatever you'd call it really clicked for me because I just hadn't seen him do such a perfectly consistent and interesting part while not doing that much. And Mark Wahlberg is amazing in it, you know, Mark Wahlberg, he's, really good. he's, he's really just good. he just does the same tone in the right way <laughs> every scene he's in. He does not let up, and it's brilliant, you know. And there's no uh, coincidence that the other guys came out around the same time, and that's like a fairly funny movie that he's good in, you know. And and uh, yeah, and of course Nicholson, uh, you know, like and Matt Damon is amazing in that movie too. And that was when yeah, I started Damon. to appreciate Matt Damon, which I hadn't appreciated. I didn't appreciate him. And then, of course, in Behind the Candelabra, he just was better. I mean, you want to watch a good movie. Watch Behind the Cam oh, Candelabra. I watch, I, it's, it's actually a really it's, – it's really – it's a good story. It's a crazy story. Oh, it's a crazy yeah. story, yeah. But, you know, what's crazier than that story is uh, the documentary about Andre the Giant. Oh, I love you that. You see that? yeah. That's a great document. That thing is like that thing is should be required viewing by every person. I mean, every person needs to know that his story. It's a crazy story. You can basically. I think there's a lot of wrestlers that you could make an incredibly compelling but kind of sad documentary about, and I support that. And I think to start with Andre the Giant is great. <laughs> I I watched the. So, uh, oh, so who would you go next? Who would go next for you? It's hard to say. Like. Probably Scott. There's a 30 for 30 on Scott Hall, who is Razor Ramon. 
and like that's a very interesting one and uh um there is a uh uh, I, I would say if you did one about Chris Benoit, it would be incredibly dark, but um, probably pretty Chris interesting. Chris Benoit did probably the worst thing in history, in wrestling history, which was, you know, kill his wife and kid and then himself. So, but he was, for a wrestler of that level. That scripted? Was that scripted or unscripted? <laughs> well, by what you're saying about everything leading up to that thing, I guess it was scripted. Hey. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Would you see what wrestling does to people, Nick? And I want you to pass that message along to your friend Danko Jones. Or, and you know, whatever. Damian, Damian Abraham is the real. And Damian Abraham. And my friend right. Mike. I mean, I had Come my on. own. But to, be, but to be honest with you, there was this huge rash of uh, wrestler suicides, mostly, and deaths from substance abuse in the early 2000s. Because I loved this WWF Attitude era, which was just like hideous, hedonistic. Got Trump, got Trump. Oh, you know this. But I loved it at the time because it was like so over the top that I viewed it as camp, you know. And I loved it, but it was. This is an exclusive. This is an exclusive for your show, Nick. Mm -hmm. This the only wrestler that matters is the Junkyard Dog. Yeah, I love Junkyard Dog, but he died too. No. Yeah, he fell asleep at the wheel and died. He was going to his daughter's prom. These guys, yeah, I'd love to see a As Junkyard Dog? Was he going as Junkyard Dog? (laughs) I don't know. But we should watch the, uh, um, what's it called? I think there's a documentary on Iron Sheik. I think we should watch that together. (laughs) Look, buddy. I know you just said one movie you've been watching. So give me one more movie and then we'll do a song and then we'll go. Dude, one more movie that I watched. Can I say that Jacob Dylan doc again? Can I say that again if I watch it again tonight? You can say it again now. You don't even have to watch it again. Um, But what you should do is watch the clip of, of, uh, uh, you know, um, Neil Young doing uh, Watchtower. I watched Human Highway before I watched Watchtower, or or <laughs> what was the other one? Cloverdale, for that matter. <laughs> Greendale, underrated soundtrack. I remember when I put on the. I, I, I was reviewing music, and somebody sent the Greendale soundtrack. I listened to it, and I was like, Neil Young, man. Every album since the '90s has had like some jams. You know, it's it's kind of cool. Like he just doesn't let up. Except for yeah, that. I uh. I I heard that he's going to put out an album called COVID-19 and um, <laughs> he's going to do a pay what you can thing on Bandcamp, Slamcamp or whatever his Slamcom website is. Um, yeah. I'm all about musicians trying to find a cure for things with their music. That's what I'm talking about, my friend. You know, that reminds me, another movie we watched was uh, not all of it. No, The Harder They Come. Oh, that's so funny that you say that because um, yeah. I checked that out a few weeks ago too. That and, is fantastic. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, for those who haven't watched it, you know, The Harder They Come was an iconic, you could say it introduced reggae to North America in a lot of ways because when it came out in the 70s, I think your average Canadian wasn't hippie, wasn't rocking out to Desmond Decker or Toots and the Maytals, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, 
And it's this incredible soundtrack you probably heard for the movie. And the movie, I'm totally with, but I think when it kind of descends into this kind of cowboy story, you know, uh, I got less interested because um, I just loved the scenes where he was doing music and loving music, you know? And I think that it was almost a downside of, of making um, a film at that time where you kind of had to, for U.S. audiences, try to fit it into something. But then again, the cowboy story is very important to the story of people trying to get by in poverty, you know? So, but yeah, I loved it. I love the way it's shot. Jimmy Cliff yeah. is wonderful. I, and that's a good, I, I felt the same way about the um, Pantera behind the music on VH1. <laughs> I actually watched that immediately after. And then I watched Rockers. And uh, then oh, I, I got to watch Rockers. Yeah, that's next. Rockers. And then um, Marley. You got to watch Marley. But Marley and Me. Yes. The yeah. Marley. But also Mac and Me about the Big Mac alien. Okay. Powder. I watched Powder recently. Oh, yeah. No, that guy who made Powder is a great guy. And he also made Jeepers Creepers. And he's also been arrested for doing pretty bad things. All right. Oh, okay. So. Wait, wait. wait. Can, can you play <laughs> me a song? So, um, I, yeah, we could do a song. How, how much time? Do you have like a few minutes, like two or three minutes? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do, um, I was going to do a piece on electric guitar and uh, I'm going to send it out to, uh, all of the, uh, healthcare workers out there on the front lines and all of the, the people in all of the essential services. And uh, thank you so much. You deserve more money than you're getting, no matter what it is. Sending you um, health and strength and prayers. and um, Unless you're a doctor. Then you're getting paid what you deserve. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thanks to Nick. And, uh, and you know, be careful out there and yeah. to be continued. Stay safe, my friend. Stay safe, my friend. Let's, Let's hear this jam. It's not coming through okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's perfect, buddy.
Be safe out there. Yeah, we remain here to inspire each other. Al, sit the f down. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Ooh. Well, buddy, any famous last words? I guess that's, um, that counts. Hold on. Bring some light over here. Mm-hmm. I guess just kind of get a lot of fruit in your diet. Hell yeah. And veggies. Fruit, veggies. And, ve and veggies. Green beans have been particular. Green beans and walnuts. Dark grapes. Grapes. Grapefruit. So yeah, so yeah, food. Get to eat the right foods. And wear a mask when you jog. Eat. You gotta, you gotta be safe out there. Safety first. All right. Thanks, Al. I'm gonna stop recording now. Yeah. Hold on. Let's end it the way we started. Okay. Okay. Have a great one, Nick. Good night. Good night. Good night, Canada. Al Senior, everyone. One of my favorite guests. One of my good pals, and uh, I'm sure he'll be back. We always have a great time. And uh, that's Nick Flanagan Weekly for today. Thank you for listening. AL is at Medusa Editions on Instagram and Twitter.
and he is Dream Weapon Film on YouTube. And be sure to check out uh, Sacred Lamp, his work with uh, Doc Dunn, one of the one of the great records of uh, the past year, last year, last year, 2019. I really love how since 2016, every year people are going, God, I wish this year would stop. I don't remember feeling that way in 1994. I don't remember anything about 1994. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been a 1994 of an episode. In a, I'm pre presuming because I liked 1994 and I hope that you are well, that you are safe, that your family is safe, that your fortune is safe that your pets are safe, that your safe is locked and all of the valuables that are in your safe remain protected by inches upon inches of metal, reinforced steel. Okay, if you know about anything free I can access, let me know and don't forget to enjoy streaming services and to wear a mask when you go out shopping. Bye. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, God. Flanagan. Oh, God. Weekly. Oh, man. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly.